0: to John chapter 30. No, John chapter 7. Actually, there's no chapter 37. John chapter 7. And uh, I want to move very quickly with you this morning because I'm going to do something I don't tell the other guys or when I was training them to do is try to fit in too many points on a Sunday morning. And I'm going to go ahead and break my own cardinal rule there. But I do believe that I want to take us somewhere this morning. Last week, I began Speaking to you just briefly about out of Ezekiel chapter 47. Ezekiel gets a picture, he gets a vision in chapter 47 of the temple, which was in his day destroyed, but he sees it rebuilt. That's where the presence of the Lord is. And out of this, and through this vision, out of that temple, he sees rivers of living water going everywhere. And if you remember, he said the Holy Spirit indicated to him to get into his ankles and then get in deeper to his knees, get in deeper up to his waist, and then get in where you can't even feel the bottom anymore, but you're floating and you're moving along in the will of God. And that's really the ultimate surrender. And that's where we all want to get. Come on. Amen. We want to get there. And what that was in the Old Testament is a picture of what God was wanting to do and be in the New Testament. And by the way, we're New Testament people. He was wanting that to take place in the New Testament lifestyle where people would see rivers of living water flowing out even from them. And Jesus comes along in John chapter 37, and he begins to prophesy, and he tells his disciples. And, and by the way, I love that verse in Ezekiel, just to hit it again. It says, everywhere the river goes, that's where life is going to be. Everywhere the river goes, there's life. Come on, amen? I mean, the right kind of life. Everywhere the river goes. Then in John chapter 7, verse 37 and 38, well, listen to what he says. I want you to see this. It's just... So powerful. He says, if anyone thirsts, oh, let me go backward. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said. Now watch, listen to the words. Out of his belly, out of his innermost being shall flow what? Oh, come on, say it rivers of living water out of us is going to flow rivers of living water how many believe in the Lord so out of you is going to come rivers of living water now that's the thing that's going to change Charlottesville that's the thing that's going to change Kenya That's the thing that's going to change Lincoln and Denver and everywhere else you might find your feet. That's what's going to bring the change. It's not political. It's not economical. It's like Pastor Solo said, in God's people, out of their innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Everywhere they go, everywhere their feet touch, out of that is coming rivers of living water coming out. And that water brings life Everywhere it goes. That's powerful when you get that understanding. When you come to the understanding that God wants to use your life in a way that your whole life is a worship unto God. Now, I'll tell you this, and Pastor Solo asked me to speak on this today. So this is, I'm under direction of your pastor. But lately, him and I have been very concerned, not about this church but we don 't want to lose a basic understanding here by by all means, but we 've been concerned when we look around and we're visiting and whatever else of the significant changes that seem to be taking place in the church that treat worship as a list of songs to sing, um, a concert um, a, ch- a choice between. I, I was in town the other day driving, and a church was advertising our our our, um, our traditional worship is at such and such a time, and our contemporary worship is a... Whoa, time out. It's not about you. It's not about even what song you sing. I, 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 listen, it's not like coming in and, yeah, you know, I don't like that song. I actually think if rivers of living water are flowing, you can be in a Catholic environment... And have rivers of living water flow. It's not about the song. It's not even about what is being said or spoken or what the words are on the board. You've got to be one that knows how to praise and you've got to be one that knows how to worship. We've got to make sure we never lose that. And I'm really concerned about where churches are much more performance oriented or worse, something of worship that is only done by the worship team. If we lose that at Lincoln City Church, we shut the doors and we go home. Because we've lost something very, very, very significant. We don't come in to observe them singing. We come in here to participate in worshiping a most holy high God. Very important that we get that understanding. It was never designed for anything else. And even though Davidic worship, which we here at Lincoln City believe and practice, that psalmic worship, that song of the Lord, and where we have our hands lifted up and we begin to sing our own song unto the Lord. It finds its roots in the tabernacle of David. And even though in that, when you read it, and I don't have time to deal with it, but there was assigned singers and assigned musicians and they were given over to it full time and choirs. It still engaged all the people in the congregation and the congregation participated and we can never allow ourselves to lose that. you got to contend for it all the time. We can never allow ourselves to become lazy. Listen, Don't let anybody else pray for you or worship for you. You worship for yourself. Amen. My God. Oh, my. David said it in Psalm 40, verse 3. Put that verse up on the board, too, if you would. I think you've got it. Listen to this. He has put, God has put a new song in my mouth. Even praise unto our God. And many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord don't ever be embarrassed. Well, you know, we need to keep our worship and a little bit contained and in the box and just a nice and don't get too wild and don't get too crazy. It's not a matter of getting wild or crazy. It's a matter of being so surrendered in worship that you just don't care anymore. And the Bible says when that happens, David says it, He put that new song in my mouth. It will bring praise to God and people who hear it and see it will actually fear and trust their God. Our services ultimately, every time we gather, I don't care if it's for a wedding, a funeral, or on Sunday morning. Do you understand? Our services are not designed for man. They are an occasion to gather in the name of Jesus Christ and worship God in spirit and in truth. We are a church that believes in psalmic worship, f- priestly sacrifices. We believe in the charismatic manifest, or the Holy Spirit manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit. We believe in the power of God's presence in our midst. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. We're not going to compromise today. Listen, we're calling you, Pastor Solo, and I, as a overseer here, I am. We're calling us into a new dimension of worship that we've never known before. I say, let's go up another step. We're great, we're doing great, but let's go up a little farther. Let's go deeper. Let's go a little wider. The Apostle Peter writes of several basic tenets of the Christian life. And because we're called out of darkness into light, we're a royal priesthood, he says, who proclaim his praises. That's what he said. As, as holy priests, we are called to offer up spiritual sacrifices. That's also what he said, which is worship acceptable to god through jesus christ our lord and as believers we grow through this ongoing desire for the third thing for the pure milk of the word as he says in verse two and lastly having obtained mercy he says we are now able to minister mercy to others four things praise worship word and mercy that's the tenets of what we do here If you're taking notes write fast because i'm moving fast all right not gonna (laughs) let me give you two definitions real quick this morning number one praise everybody gets this all confused let me give it to you praise is nothing more than a declaration of thanksgiving when we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts the psalmist says with praise in psalm 100 verse four if you're interested we enter boldly into his presence How many know it's wonderful not to have to sneak in to meet God? (laughs) Now, how many know that when you've sinned this week, you feel like sneaking in? But he says, no, 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 no. I can handle whatever transgression you had this week. You just come on in with thanksgiving. You come on in with praise in your mouth. You come on in with a declaration of thanksgiving in your heart and watch what I do. You can enter into my presence boldly. And when we praise him, listen, here's what happens. He becomes enthroned. In other words, he takes up his rightful place in our lives and in our circumstances. Not just in our lives, but in everything you're facing right now. Usually, praise, by the way, and you were doing it this morning such a good, is accompanied by shouts and by clapping and by proclamation and, and verbal expressions of all. I mean, it's wonderful. And that empowers us in everything to give thanks. In, say everything. Everything we give thanks. And the Lord becomes our strength When we praise he becomes our victory when we praise so that no matter what we face If we invite him into our life into our situation with joyful praise Listen praise is an access. It's a welcome. It's an entrance into his presence It's the welcoming really of his throne into us How many know you need a little throne of god in you? Come on any praise in the place today? anybody have a week where god just protected you and god just sustained you and you didn't expect it and you were a little weak but his strength came along and provided something that you needed and somehow you were going along and you didn't know how that bill was going to be met or this bill was going to be met and he met the need anybody got a little praise in the house this morning Anybody want to praise the Lord with thanksgiving? Anybody have a gratefulness in their heart today? Anybody here today saying, boy, you know what? If it hadn't have been for the Lord this week, I would not have made it here yet this morning. That's the praise. Oh, God, I thank you. I praise you. I give you thanks today because you're the one that sustains me. You're the one that picks me up. You're the one that keeps me supported when I don't even know how I'm going to get through the week. That's a praise. So when I come in, man, I'm praising. Oh, God, that's what I do on Sunday morning. I don't just trip on in here thinking, well, here's another service. Sort of like punching a time clock. My God, I'd rather stay home and watch the horrible news. Well, actually, I wouldn't. Still be better to be here. But at the same time, do you understand? It's something we've got to get our minds around. Don't come in and wait for the show to begin. Don't come in and what are they going to sing this morning and see if they can make me move. Huh? Make you move? Tell you what I told my kids. I will make you move. That's praise. It's the most high God. What has he done for you this week? How has he been for you this week? Oh, well, you don't understand, Pastor. I, I just had a horrible week and I really wasn't one of his... <laughs> there were some moments that I really wasn't one of his children like I should be or whatever. Let me tell you, put that aside. He also saved you. Amen. He poured out his blood so that your sins can be forgiven. Yes. He caused you to be able to come into this place, the psalmist says, lifting up holy hands and praising with holy lips. Some of you still don't believe me. Sitting there going, hmm, we'll see about that. The same lips that may be cursed this week, you can praise the Lord. And you're going to have a better week this week. Come on, amen? Be done with that stuff. What's coming out of your mouth? What's coming out of your life? What's being portrayed to the rest of the world? Is it the waters that bring life? Or is it things like he said that i loved what he said pastor solo if you can't if you got to talk about it talk to the lord about it or is it things that bring death man when i'm going get around somebody that knows how to praise or learn how to do it yourself but we got to be people that praise now worship another definition on the other hand is an intimate devotional time with the lord And in order to understand the transformation power of worship, we first have to look at God's holiness compared to our unholiness. The Lord's holiness is a trait uh, that guarantees that God will never be less than he is. How many know God is totally complete in himself? Our unholiness is our natural state of brokenness and incompleteness. We're not there yet. We are not able to be whole without the power of God. Can't happen. Realizing that we are not capable on our own, listen, will often lead to sin as we try to compensate for what we are not. We're good. Human nature. We're good at covering up what we really are. Come on. I'll prove it to you. I'm going to move in with you this week. I'll find out about you. And by the way, you'll find out about me. I'm incomplete without the power of God. Worship is a, like a two-way street. Worship begins with ascribing to God all that He is in His glory. And listen, watch. Here's the two-way part. He responds back to us through the ministry of the Holy Spirit with an infusion of his traits and qualities into us. Paul stated it this way over in 2 Corinthians 3.18. Write it down I'll read it to you. He says, but we all, Paul says it this way, all of us with unveiled face, that means uncovered, no mask, no fake in it, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord We are even now, he says, I love the Amplified, being transformed into the same image, his very own image in increasing splendor from one degree of glory to another, just as with the Spirit of the Lord. Oh, do you understand why we worship? When they lead us in worship here, They did it. I'll stand with arms high and what? Heart abandoned. We go into worship. We begin to sing unto the Lord. Do you know what's going on? We're not going through a routine. We're not going through a tradition. We're not going through some kind of machination of this is what we at Lincoln City Church do. No, no, no. We're being transformed. We're being transformed into his image. Do you understand? Oh, my God, how big that is. Last week I told you there is a total restoration that is taking place of all that was ever lost because of sin. Listen, do you know this? Jesus did not just come to save. He came to restore everything that had been lost and broken worship is one of those things but why worship is so great and to me listen i'm just telling you i've been a pastor for a long time i'm a musician all of that but that has nothing to do the greatest thing that could possibly be restored is because of that last verse worship works at restoring us to his image and by the way reminder in genesis it says we were all originally created in the image of, his, of him. He's restoring us to his image. That means all the qualities, all the traits, all of the, the, the perfection, all of the completeness is being restored that was broken because of sin one day. We're all going to get it back. Oh, come on. Amen. We're getting it back. Jesus became man Came, became men into a sin-filled world, remained sinless, died and rose so that you and I could be not just saved, but restored to our rightful original place and to our original image. If nothing else makes you and me worship, that should be all the motivation you or I need. I'm getting transformed when I worship. Now you've got to understand this morning, and I've got just a few moments, but let me tell you, the understand the power of worship. And when you do, I guarantee you, in fact, this morning, before we leave, we're going to worship. I'm, we're going to do it. It's going to be next step We're going to worship. When we understand the power of worship, you will worship and you will not be able to never, ever not worship again. Did I say that right? Quite a long sentence to get to the point. You'll never not want to worship. The church you got to understand, was commissioned in a worship service. In Matthew, after the disciples worshiped the resurrected Lord, just before he's getting ready to leave and depart and go and prepare a place for us and all that other that came along, they encountered the Lord in that Galilean encounter, and Jesus told them this. This is what he said. All power is given unto me, and I'm commissioning you to go in my name with all that power and you will receive the infusion of that power shortly that's what he was saying even in john chapter there's going to come rivers that flow out of your innermost being when the holy spirit comes but the commission was to go with that power and it was then being given that was the commission that jesus gave even among some of the lord's closest followers some doubt it now now you got to understand about doubt and some of you might be in that position this morning While it's a hindrance, it's not a disqualification for being God's chosen servant. So don't feel bad if you're wondering. But the church was commissioned by the Lord, but the church was born in a worship service. In Acts chapter 2 at Pentecost, it was the worship of the Lord. By the way, not the proclamation of the gospel, which happened. Peter came down and preached and 3,000 were saved. The proclamation of the gospel happened. But at Pentecost, it was the worship at a miraculous dimension that ushered in the power of God's kingdom and at the same time offended the taste of people. Even today, there are those who will move in the profusion of the power of God released through worship. And every time they do, there will be people in the midst who either doubt or they mock. Now, here's the problem with that. What happens is because we want to be liked. And that's a human nature concept. That's in every one of us. We all want people to like us. Come on, you didn't wake up this morning and say, oh, I hope some people really hate me today. You all want people to like you. Because of that, we never want to do anything that offends. But how many know sometimes worship or the miraculous can offend? But I'll tell you what. Every time worship is released, there's power in it, and it even converts the unbeliever. I'll give you an experience. I grew up in a very strong, traditional, neo-Pentecostal environment, Church of God, Cleveland, Tennessee, fifth generation. That's me. My kids are six, although they're not a part of the Church of God. But and my grandkids are seventh. And if they refuse to be filled with the Spirit, they'll just go ahead and go be with Jesus, because Sarah and Solo can make others. I found out real easily. (laughs) I was seventeen years old. Grew up in the church. I was saved when I was eight filled with the Spirit when I was about 10 or 11 years old, water baptized, all of that. Love the Lord, no problem. But my folks were getting ready. I was living at home. I was making a transition in my life at 17. I had graduated from high school. I was getting ready to start college. I was going to stay behind in Detroit. My folks at the same time were moving to uh, the other side of Michigan, in Holland, Michigan, for a job transfer my dad had. All the kids were moving except me. I was going to live with my grandmother. And just before we were getting ready to move, my father came to me. We're in a great church, Church of God. He says, I've got a thing I'd like you to think about and do for me. Every time my father did that, I knew I was in trouble. <laughs> my father says, I, I, I really feel that you're going to be better off spiritually and long term if you move from this church to this other church that I know of called Bethesda it's neither here nor there about that church but God was doing something my father who had been a police officer years before knew of that church used to direct traffic around that church when they let out and he had been in part of that services and all that so he knew and uh, he said I want you to go over there oh man I kicked and screamed I mean I'm a good pianist and it was a smaller church. I'm sort of like a big fish in a small pond, which is always a nice place to be. And, uh, huh? and, 17. and 17, and women are fawning all over me. <laughs> hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. I, I'm very religious, as you can see. <laughs> and he said, I want you to go over there. Oh, man, I really fought it, really fought it. Ended up, though, he set the he set the mark in our house, and <laughs> you don't question. <laughs> There's the red line. You don't cross it. You don't compromise it. You're just going to be doing it, you know. And I, I went on a Sunday night, finally, to the church called Bethesda. In fact, it's where I met Susan uh, a year later or so. Um, and uh, I walked in, and <laughs> uh, like some of you, perhaps, I was just not really happy to be going, and so I ended up showing up late. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'll show my dad. I'll, I'll just show up late. And I remember walking in on a Sunday night service, about seven o'clock, the service had started. I got there about a quarter after. And, uh, the whole congregation is standing. It's a large sanctuary, it seats about 1800 with a balcony. And, uh, <clears throat> I walked in on the ground floor and, uh, there, at first, what shocked me, was that there were people in the aisles standing and they were standing looking up this way. So the people were looking this way, but they're standing and they were all dressed nicer and the ladies were dressed in white and ended up being ushers. But it, I thought they were nurses and it scared me. <laughs> Which I've been into those services too, <laughs> glory. Anyhow then, and so I walked in and all there was was a seat near the back. And I got in probably, I think now that I look back on it, on the very last song or so, and they were singing. And as they sang, I noticed, and which was very different from my church, we were good shouters and everything else at my church, and we did those kinds of things, but the uh, I, I, big thing that I noticed is it seemed like everyone in the whole building had their hands as they were singing. Uh, I forget the name of the song they were singing. Had their hands in the air, and I'm whoa, this is a little. I'm not really used to that. And I grew up Pentecost, and I'm not used to that. And uh, I sort of, I'm, I'm in the row, you know, and I'm in there. Everybody's around me. They're worshiping, you know, with their hands up in the air, and ooh, a little uncomfortable, but I can handle it. And then all of a sudden, at the end of that song or the next, can't remember to this day which, with hands lifted in the air, the whole congregation, at the very end of that, the song leader, he said, let's worship. And he began to sing his worship to the Lord. The congregation began to sing their worship to the Lord. The organ and the piano quit playing. I mean, it was just voices. There was nothing else. And everybody, and it was, I wish I could explain it to you. It was, for the first timer, like I was that night, a believer, a spirit-filled believer, it was like a, a, a myriad of emotions. Number one, I go, oh, my God, because the sound, technically, I'm just talking as a musician, the sound was stunningly beautiful the harmonies and the, the counter-harmonies and melodies and, and people just singing their own it It stunned me. And then very quickly after that impression, spiritually, I felt like I've never felt before. Even on the day that I was filled with the Spirit, I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit in that room like I had never felt. And my hands, shoop, right up. In tears flowing. What was I feeling? Rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. Now, I'm not there to judge if they were just going through the routine or whatever. That's not even here nor there. There was a sense of the presence of the Lord in that place that touched my heart. And from that moment forward, three things happened in my life. I came back to that church, by the way. But three things happened in my life. I was never ever again in my life, except by accident, late for a service. Amen. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Number two, I never sat in the back again. That's a big deal. I was up in the middle forward as fast as I could get I got there early to get a seat I wanted to be in the middle of whatever that was I want to be right down front where whatever it is I want it that's the hunger and number three I said to myself I got to learn this I got to figure this out and I found out it had nothing to do with learning anything it was just surrendering and opening my heart up putting my hands up in the air and abandoning myself to worshiping God. And when I did, my life began to be changed from one level to the next, to the next, to the next. The worship of the Lord releases the power, the pathway, and the purpose of what He wants to do in the church and what He wants to do in you. Throughout Scripture, listen whenever the church is at prayer or in worship every single time in scripture divine power is released either prayer or worship or the combination of the two that's when divine power is released you want power in this place you want to see people come in and get saved marriages to get healed relationships to get restored and turned around do you want to see God be here every time you walk in this place and it becomes a place where you know God's there you worship and you pray and God will show up in divine power every single time or oh, we enter in with praise and thanksgiving but when we actually go from that point, because that boldly gets us into the presence, when we go from that point and then abandon ourselves to worshiping him, that's when his divine presence shows up every single time. It took place At a worship meeting in Antioch in chapter 13 of Acts, listen, that meeting alone when worship happened, it determined the flow of history and the course of Western civilization. I'm going to give you four, five points right now real quick. Oh, my time is totally gone. Number one, then we're going to worship. Listen, number one, worship creates a place for God's rule to be reinstated. Man not only lost fellowship with God at the fall of Adam, but he lost partnership and dominion at the fall of Adam. He lost partnership that God intended for him over all the earth, and it all got given to the powers of darkness. But at the cross, aren't you glad Lord restored that rulership through Jesus Christ? Bible says he broke the powers of hell. Come on. Where the people of God worship divine powers of uh, uh, flow, rather, to penetrate the darkness of hell and counterattack every operation of hell. You want to push hell backward? Worship God. Through the worshiping of the body of Christ, the Lord is able to reestablish his rulership through his redeemed people. Number two, worship is the means by which he reestablishes rulership. Listen, where God's presence is, there will be power. Where worship is released, God's presence will always abide. Our hearts are the ground on which the battle is decided. It's not decided anywhere else but right where you sit this morning. What's going to conquer? The powers of darkness or the divine presence of the Lord? It's just right where, with me. How am I going to worship? If we will worship, God's rule will be established in and through us and it will flow to others every single time. Do you understand worship generates the power for God's rule to be extended out from these four walls? For evangelism, for sacrificial giving, for intercession, to break the strongholds of hell, it comes out of worship. That's where it comes from. It doesn't come out of shouting, it comes out of worship. Number three, worship brings about kingly privileges and an extension of the kingdom rule of Jesus Christ. Listen, think about it. Human worship is man beginning. Oh man, and we're so good at human worship right now. Look at my selfie. Human worship. Not against, I'm not coming down on selfies. Take a selfie if you want. But holiness of worship is man becoming. Not man beginning, man becoming. Man, sons and daughters unto God, begins worship with a commitment. And through worship, when we do it, man becomes transformed. The Bible says we're transformed as kings and priests unto God. Now you think about that. When I worship, Revelations 1.6 says it this way. He has made us kings. Turn to your neighbor and say, Hi, king, hi, queen, whatever the case may be. And he has made us priests unto God his Father. To him, the verse goes on and says, To all uh, be glory and dominion forever and ever. So there's a transformation goes on. Here's the other thing that worship does. And it's big. You've got to understand the power of it. Listen. Number four, worship restricts pride. Do you know fear and pride are two close traveling companions? We are born into this, every one of us, we're born into this world with an inherent fear. We enter life with our finch, uh, a fist clenched, and the rest of our life is spent learning how to let go. And the faces that we wear to hide our fears are a facade of pride. And if you don't think you've got pride, you're lying. And that's pride itself. Listen, worship confronts pride because it requires an openness, a forthrightness, an acknowledgement of need, a presentation of self. Lord, here I am. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to call You my King and my God. I open my heart to You, Lord. I worship You, Lord. I exalt you, my King and my God. I love you. I, I honor you today. You're the majesty that operates in my life. You're the King of all glory. And I honor your glory and your dominion over my... I give you my worship today. Whew. And secondly, according to biblical guidelines, worship is to be physical. It's to be vocal. And it's to be expressive. So... I don't have time to deliberate it with you this morning, but don't think you're worshiping. Mm, mm, Feel good
1: about it all. Mm -hmm,
0: No, you're not worshiping. you got a look on your face. I'm not sure what you're doing. (laughs) Listen, the physical expression of worship is intended to gently lead those who fear. That makes us hesitant to participate in confrontation with pride. Oh, my God. When I lift my hands up and I don't care who's sitting next to me, I don't care what they think about me because it's not about me anymore. It's about him. My pride has to take way down below and I just got to be lost in Jesus and who he is. Number five, last one. Worship, and this is the best one. It releases the power and glory of God. Listen, God's love for us His love for you, hon, is not in proportion to your worship. Saving grace is released at Calvary, not according to worship. So don't think God loves you less. It has nothing to do with his love toward you. But his power and his glory is in proportion to how you worship. At Calvary, our relationship as sons and daughters is restored through worship, through kingdom dominion and rulership that's added to our lives. Listen, I'll tell you right now, and make no mistake about it, people can get to heaven without worshiping. But with worship, the church becomes a center for the power of God to be released, excuse me, and shake up all the kingdom of darkness. Wholeness, dimension, and substance are increased in people who worship. It happens every single time. When people worship, we are made complete in him. When people worship, new dimensions of God's kingdom is released. And when we worship, his power and his glory is released and rivers flow that bring life everywhere we go. How do people know you? Do they know you as a man or a woman? You've got a certain quality or characteristic about you. Good, 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 da-da, bad, 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 whatever. Or do they know you as a worshiper of the Most High God? That's how I'm working at getting to be known. Oh, that's one of those God worshippers. Yep, yep, that's me. Yeah, that's me right here. That's one of those guys that uh they're sort of crazy, but I mean at their church they, they lift their hands up and oh wow, I'm not sure about all that. And and then they start this song and guess what? Somebody'll walk in here one day and hear that song of the Lord going on. And just like that 17-year-old kid back in 1970. <laughs> 71, excuse me, 71. <laughs> Just like that 17-year-old kid, tears will start flowing out of their eyes. And they'll go, I'm not sure what's going on, and I don't even know what's going on here, but I want more of it. Whatever it is. I, 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 I'm, I'm drinking something I didn't even know I was thirsty. And I'm, I'm, I, I want a large glass, please, of that. Hallelujah. I want a jug of that. I mean, uh, just go ahead and buy me over at Home Depot the biggest thing they got for that. I, I want that filled because I'm going to be getting into that right away. Amen. Amen? Amen? Now put everything out of your hands. You knew it was going to happen, didn't you? You knew we were going to come to this moment. But we're going to worship. Amen. And I'm going to in- ask you to drop everything. We're we're not going to be long. But I'm going to ask you to drop everything and lift your hand. Here, stand up with me. Help. I'm going to help you a little bit. Give me a little bit more volume, a little bit more volume on the piano. I can't hear it. Listen, take your hands right now that maybe you've never done this before and it's a little weird. Take your hands and just put them right here at the waist. All right, there we go. Okay, great. Now, now just a little bit higher, would you please? Oh, there you go. And perhaps some of you, not all of you, maybe, but some of you may just extend them and open them up and whoa, hallelujah. Sing this song with me. Oh, what song am I singing?
1: How great is our God. Sing with me, how great is our God. And all oh, we'll see how great How great is our God. Little fashion mm-hmm. Come on, sing it again. How great is our God. Oh, sing with me. How great is our God. And all will see how great. I want you to sing that one more time and when we get to the end, we're going to worship. Here we go. Come on. One more time with a loud voice. How great is our God. Oh, sing with me. How great is our God. All we'll see. How great how great Come on, let's worship the Lord. I worship your name, Lord. I bless your name, O Lord. I worship the name of the Lord. I...